Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're going to talk with Susie Foster, who is a landscape architect with the Stormwater Planning Division of the Department of Public Works and Environmental Services. We're going to talk about pollinators, and I get to learn what that is, as well as about a pollinator meadow at the Fairfax County Government Center. Susie, thanks for being with us on The Conversation. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Long introduction. Half of it was getting through your your title and where you work. (laughs) (laughs) Landscape Architect, Stormwater Planning Division, Department of Public Works and Environmental Services. So catch my breath now. For folks that maybe not be familiar with Department of Public Works and Environmental Services and the Stormwater Planning Division, first of all, can you just kind of tell me a little bit about what that is, what what that means, what, what goes on there? I work with a team of engineers and ecologists within the implementation branch of stormwater planning. That means that we are uh, putting together plans with a team of consultants as well Mm -hmm. to restore some of the um, public lands around the county um, to uh, more ecologically happy state. Hmm. in order to treat water, treat the surface water that runs off our our entire county. Okay. I I have never quite understood what stormwater planning meant, so... Well, I hope that helps to explain it. No, that was a very good explanation. So you're a landscape architect, so plants, bushes... Flowers, trees, designing where those go. Does that make? Is that well, right? Well, that's part of it. Um, landscape architects, you think of designing parks, mm-hmm. beautiful public parks, the National Mall, that sort of thing. But I, as a landscape architect for the county, I'm actually working with selecting plant material for these restoration sites, and that's pretty different because we're not looking to create spaces for people to use. We're really looking to create. Um, landscapes that filter water, that better clean water. Um, And what's really wonderful about my position with stormwater planning is that um, we're looking for ways to restore natural habitats. What what does that mean? Well, that means that we're going into a site. uh, Many of our stream corridors are in natural areas. These are the spaces between the developments, the spaces that the developers can't develop, legally cannot develop. Okay. Uh, Floodplains, resource protection areas, that sort of thing. Um, But that's where we have our common lands. That's where Mm -hmm. the water flows when it leaves our hard surfaces, our driveways, our roads, our homes, and even our lawns. Um, The the water goes downhill. It ends Mm -hmm. up in our stream valleys in those resource protection areas. Hmm. And those are very sensitive areas for cleaning water. Uh, so it's a, it's a uh, quite a different use of a landscape architect's skills. Yeah. And, and that's why we have a team of ecologists and environmental engineers that we all come together mm-hmm. to make decisions about the existing conditions, the existing soils, right. uh, the amount of water that's coming through a drainage area. 
the amount of impervious surface that hmm. has to be treated. Right, right. Uh, so it's it's a complicated formula. <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here kind of getting a visual picture in my mind as you're going through this, and I'm I've, I've got an assumption. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. Most people think, well, okay, it rained and the water ran down there and it went into this gutter or, you know, ran down my backyard into the stream. Okay. <laughs> As you're going through this, there's a, there's a lot to this. There's a, there's a <laughs> I mean, lot. That sounds it's, simple it's and not, dumb. But... It's not just the water running off the hard surfaces. It's what the water picks up as well. Oh, wow. And that can be everything from sediment. You know, when we have storms in the winter, we salt mm, and mm-hmm, sand the mm-hmm. road. That ends up in our streams. Uh, when we fertilize our our lawns, that ends up in the streams. Um, obviously, litter ends up in our streams. So all of these things contribute to the health of the bay. Right. And so the federal government has mandated that we control what goes into the bay. And that's for the entire Chesapeake watershed, wow. Chesapeake Bay watershed, which stretches all the way up into New York State. Wow. So all of these jurisdictions are having to to control, in quotes, what goes into the bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so our stream quarters become the the control point for that, um, as well as you trying to restrict what people do on private property. But ultimately, it's in the stream. Right. Um, so keeping stuff out of bad stuff out of the stream or stuff that st- shouldn't be there and then cleaning up what gets into it? Is that That, a simplified explanation or simplified way to look at it? Yes. Okay. So there's a couple different aspects to um, cleaning our stormwater. One of them starts, one of of the aspects is is what people do on their own private property. Okay. And um, obviously controlling litter is one way, but uh, controlling the amount of pesticides and herbicides that are used Mm -hmm. and also making sure that there's not a lot of erosion on people's property. Um, Mm. One thing that we're doing is uh, trying to reduce the amount of water that actually flows off land. And the conversion of the meadow, uh, the the lawn at the government center, the Mm -hmm. conversion of the lawn at the meadow, uh, the conversion of the lawn at the government center to a meadow greatly reduces runoff from that surface. Um, and this is something that people can do on their own yards. Well, let's, let's talk about that because we were going to talk about this, what's called a pollinator meadow yes. at the Fairfax County Government Center. So I, I guess my first question before we get into a lot of the specifics, a meadow is different than a garden? Um, no. Okay, just a different. But, okay. um, you know, traditionally we think of gardens as um, groupings of a particular plant next Tomato to a particular and stuff like that. Well, or you know, one azalea shrub and okay. four hosta. Okay. And it's um, a very controlled palette. The meadow concept is more of an integration of many different types, many more different types of species. Okay. And and something that's maybe less organized than a meadow than a, than a garden, okay. than a traditional garden. Okay. Um, so using the term meadow, I think, is, is trying to help people understand that this is a natural system, that it's emulating a natural, mm-hmm. uh, naturally occurring uh, collection of plants, and that it's a little less tailored than the traditional garden. Gotcha. Um, 
at the government center, the meadow is vast. It's an acre of lawn oh, wow. that's been taken out of mowing, taken out of any sort of maintenance program, except for one annual mowing. So it reduces our maintenance requirements, right. our work, but it also reduces any um, fertilization or herbicide or hmm. pesticide that might wow. have been applied. Not that we are uh, maintaining a golf course at right, the government right, center right. by any stretch of the imagination, but um, but we are uh, reducing the maintenance required mm. for that acre. Um, but in addition, the uh, the plant material that's been seeded into this meadow is going to have a very different effect on the environment than the turf grass. Turf grass it only gets to be about four inches tall, mm -hmm. and in the same, um, relatively speaking, the roots of the turf grass are only about four inches oh, deep. But when you start growing meadow plants right. that are perennial, that live for you know, years and years, uh, they start developing very long roots that can extend mm. several feet. Prairie, prairie grasses can extend up to eight feet oh, wow. into the Good. ground. And I, I think it'd be decades before we, we saw anything like that right. in our meadow, right. but, but you get the idea that the roots are as much a part of the meadow as the, what you see above the ground. Which goes to the erosion part, That's I'm, right. I'm assuming. Okay. And the infiltration of water into the soil. Oh, so um, the, the vegetation is using moisture both above ground and below ground. Okay. Um, and, and that's, so our soils, um, the health of our vegetation are kind of the basis of our ecological systems. Mm -hmm. um, and when we come through with whatever type of facility we're designing in stormwater planning, we're trying to restore that soil first the ground plane. We're trying to create a stable ground plane that uh, can then support plants. Okay. And plants in multiple layers. Um, we have the herbaceous level. We have the shrub level. Then we have understory trees and canopy trees. Okay. So it's it's a if you think of a forest, you think of those four or five layers right. of plant material. Wow. Okay. And and so we're we're taking our, some of our environments down to to bare bare ground and then trying to rebuild them from mm -hmm. the soil up. Okay, we're we're talking with Susie Foster here on the county conversation about uh, a pollinator meadow at the Fairfax County Government Center and and how it's coming about and its purpose, et cetera. Is this project at the Government Center? Let me back up a little bit before we get too far. Started in 2016. Yes. Or maybe not the planning, but at least the, the planting or the development of it? The pollinator meadow at the government center came about from an initiative that was actually started by Supervisor Hudgens um, in an effort to pr promote pollinators in the county. Hmm. And um, stormwater planning heard, heard this initiative and said, this is a great opportunity to do something right in our own backyard mm -hmm. as an example to government workers, but to all the residents that use the government center as a mm -hmm. park. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, we jumped on it. Um, this, her initiative came about in summer of 2015. 
Um, we started talking with Board of Supervisors and the, and the County Executive's Office um, in the fall about getting a pollinator meadow in, in the backyard here. And um, so people were very supportive. Um, we were able to get this all in the works. Um, construction started late March. Um, and construction okay. was was very simple, really. It was basically to clear a path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to clear an acre of of lawn, yeah. and then um, improve the soil. We improved the soil, but not with the addition of any fertilizers or organics. It was it was simply to uh, till the soil about six to eight inches deep. Oh, and then the uh, whole acre was planted with a seed, a native seed mix. So in this meadow, we're, we're using native seeds that were gathered in and around this region, oh. some of them locally to Fairfax County, some of them coming from outside in Pennsylvania, okay. but relatively locally gathered seed. And the idea is that we're supporting um, our native insects with this locally gathered seed. Hmm. Stuff they're already used to. Right, exactly. <laughs> Some st plants that they've co-evolved with. Yeah. And it's not um, not easy for some insects to adapt to new plant material. Like oh, the monarch is a really interesting insect because people love it. You know, they love the migration um, patterns. It's just fascinating. But the monarch is a very, sp very specifically evolved to the milkweed plant. And if there are no milkweeds, oh. then the monarch... Wow. won't be there either and if there's damage to a milkweed crop then right. there's not going to be any monarchs wow. so they're very very specific um, when you start looking at birds and mammals mm -hmm. they have a little more flexibility mm. but the insects um, need specific plants so okay. in the meadow we have um, probably a hundred different species wow. of plants okay so uh, See, uh, seemingly a very fast-moving project. I mean, a yes. year or less or whatever. So uh, planting has already taken place, I guess, in the spring of this year? That's or? right. Okay. Once we had prepared the soil and put down the seed mix, um, we were set to go. We put it down an annual rye to hold the soil oh, okay. um, through the summer and until some of the perennial plants can get established. Um, and then in May, we had a planting day where we okay. we planted 2,000 oh, plugs, wow. <laughs> 2,000 plants Goodness. with volunteers. Oh, we had wow. two days of, of uh, volunteer of activity. It was a lot of work, but very cheerful, and many hands make light work. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, actually within about six hours total, two, three hours one day and three hours mm -hmm. another, we were able to get the 2,000 plants in. What, what are what are some of the plants? Folks listening are thinking, what what in the world do they plant? Well, we don't have to go through all of them. There's but. quite a variety, but um, sundrops, the native sundrops came up this spring. There is early flowering, bright yellow flower that um, that bloomed uh, right away. Mm -hmm. um, now we have the uh, hoary mountain mint blooming in the meadow, um, which is it's a subtle flower mm -hmm. except that it's it's white it's mm -hmm. um a cluster of small fl florets right. on the top of the plant uh, so it's not terribly showy except when you look closely it attracts all kinds of pollinators oh, wow. so it's just literally buzzing 
Um, and then we also have, um, expect to see some of the uh, Black Eyed Susan, which actually is an annual. Uh, we start to see the fuzzy leaves of that plant already coming up from the seed mix. And then we see uh, partridge pea, also an annual from the seed mix. Then we put in some of the other plants that we put in were joe pie weed, milkweed, hmm. um, and a couple different kinds of milkweed, mm -hmm. the butterfly weed and the common milkweed. And um, we have a few different environments across the meadow, some shadier. Oh, okay. Um, so, and then along the perimeter, we wanted to put in some lower flowering material as well as some grasses right. to get a little more immediate effect. So we did put in a lot of different grasses, including deer tongue. Mm -hmm. And um, let's see, we put in some little blue stem, uh, Indi Indian grass, okay. all kinds of... Well, a lot of these things, I don't have any earthly idea what they are, but right. I'm sure it looks nice. If residents want to, is this like a place that they can come and look and see and walk through, or is it, I mean, what's... Yeah, we'd love to pe have people come through and, and take a look at the progress. I have to say, though, that the progress of a meadow is pretty slow. It um, evolves over the first one to two to three years, uh, it takes several years before it becomes established. Mm -hmm. So in that, during that time and, and with our projects on other facilities through stormwater planning, we're monitoring our projects mm -hmm. uh, closely over that establishment period to make sure the right things are happening. Sure, sure. Um, so we'd love to have residents come by, take a look. We're preparing some signage right okay. now we have some temp temporary signage but um, that along on the temporary signage you'll see information about how to find the website um, where we are updating the information on the the status of the okay. pollinator meadow one thing that we're considering doing we haven't gotten organized quite yet is to find a place on the internet where people could post photos oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, from the meadow that'd be cool and um, if if we give them a single location, then people yeah. can photograph from the same location repeatedly. Oh, that would be neat, yeah. And then we, we see get the a progress, yeah. Right, oh, sequence. Cool. So. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left, Susie, but there's a couple of more questions I wanted to, to ask. Um, residents come, they see kind of some of the plantings, they see what's there, they think, you know, I'd like to kind of do something like this in my backyard or do something and, you know, kind of create an area like this. What, I mean, what advice would you have for residents? What what can they do to emulate or, or do something in their little neck of the woods, if you will? I guess the advice that I would give to folks that want to do something like this in their yard is to maybe go to Green Spring Garden, um, get a, a list of plants from hmm. the volunteers there, from the resources there. Green Spring is an excellent resource uh, both for what they're actually growing, but also their headquarters for Virginia Master Naturalists and Virginia Native Plant Society. Oh, okay. And, and that's a resource that can um, give them locations to find this, some of this plant material, um, and also, as well as lists of, of what okay. makes sense to grow. Good advice. I, and I'd be remiss if we didn't talk bees for a minute. Because oh. we've, we've talked about pollinators and this pollinator meadow, and I guess the reason this all came about was because of pollinators, which if I'm, pollinators are bees? 
So there are many different types of pollinators. Okay. All and right. um, again, honeybees are are not even native. They oh. they were imported from Europe to help pollinate crops. Uh, fortunately, they're not aggressive. Na- uh, excuse me. Fortunately, honeybees are not aggressive uh, mm-hmm. non-natives. They they seem to cohabitate with our other insects, so they're not taking over um, ha- habitat. Um, they do. They are a popular item because you know they're important to us mm-hmm. in, in growing cl- crops and pollinating right. them. And they're interesting because they're sort of an indicator of what pollinators do for us. Mm-hmm. But there are many many other bees. We have I think over 400 species of bees. Wow. Native bees and a dozen species of uh, bumblebee oh my goodness. In, in our area. So we have a very diverse array of uh, habitats, and, and because we have that, we have a diverse array of right. pollinators. Okay. So pollinators can be bees of all sorts. They can be flies, mosquitoes, oh. even birds and bats and some reptiles can help pollinate Interesting. and um, also disperse seed right so um, well you know they say you you learn something new every day and i think i've learned about 10 or 15 things just in this <laughs> few minutes we've had because this uh, it's interesting fascinating topic of which i know very little about so this is it's it truly is kind of fascinating what kind of all this works together and comes about it's like a secret world out there that we yeah. are just peering into yeah. and um, to bring a piece of that world into your own home um, you know it's just fascinating it's um you, you see the lightning bugs; those are wonderful, and and the the bees, most of them are non-threatening. It's so you can watch them buzz around your yeah. garden. Cool. Uh, so much more stuff I'm rattling around in my mind that I want to ask. I wish I could ask, but unfortunately, we're we're out of time. Um, before we go, though, is there? I know you mentioned the website, hoping to be able to get you know find a place to put pictures on. But is there a, a web page for the the meadow? Can they go to the uh, Department of Public Works and Environmental Services page and find something about the meadow? Is there a telephone number they could call? Have any questions? Or I, I feel that I should be able to give you a um, county website. Uh, it, there are a couple different sources. Um, on the Fairfax County gov.gov DPWES uh, website, you can find if you look hard enough under news, you can find information about the pollinator meadow. Um, that's fairfaxcounty.gov slash dpwes slash news slash pollinator meadow. Um, Fairfax County Environmental Services also has a Facebook page, which is very interesting. It's updated regularly, oh, okay. and, and it's, I think it's called Fairfax County Environment. Um, and then for specific questions to direct towards stormwater planning, our front desk number is 703 703- Three two four five five zero zero. Okay, so FairfaxCounty.gov/dpwes/news/pollinatormeadow. Uh, there's also a Facebook page, uh, and folks need any of the Facebook pages or social media accounts or any of the county agencies. Just go to FairfaxCounty.gov, and you could search. Facebook or social media and get the links there or call 703-324-5500. So good information. I wish we had more time because there's several things I want to ask about, but um, I think you've uh, whet our appetite for the need for uh, uh, figuring out how to do a, a better job with our 
with our land and our plants and our pollinators and our insects and, and kind of bringing them all together and making it a good environment for them and a good environment for us to, to be in as well and, and see and enjoy as well. So thank you for being with us on the County Conversation. Thanks for having giving me this opportunity. Su Susie Foster with us from uh, Stormwater Planning Division, Department of P Public Works and Environmental Services with us on the County Conversation. If you need to get more Fairfax County news and events, you can visit fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. I want to thank you for listening to the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.